What is up? What it do, people? What's good, people? Welcome back to another episode of Without Conditions Podcast with your your favorite, favorite, favorite people. Oh, wow. Chris. Oh, and and Jess. Yeah. (laughs) Well. Hello and welcome in. Oh, by the way, I prefer the them pronouns. I prefer he, him. Well, what's up, people? How y'all been? What's been going on? It's been a it's been a while since yeah, we talked to you guys. Our schedule got messed up because of our life. announcement. Life. And life. Last week was extremely crazy. Yeah, for sure. Shout for out to both. everybody who came out for uh Trace's um event. Event. It was really nice. It was lit. Yeah, and everybody was in there lit. Yeah. Everybody showed what needed to be done. Shout out to the bartender. Yeah, shout out to you. <laughs> <laughs> I do need it to be done. For sure. But it was, it was definitely a good time. It was a great performance. Yeah, um, on all ends. Looking forward to the next live performance. Oop. Oh. Oop. Oh. Oop. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a good time. Last week was a, a really good week. It, it was, was just epic. super busy. So sorry y'all hanging. We gave you an episode on Wednesday. We were supposed mm-hmm. to give you one on Friday, and we literally were just like, we can't. We can't nah, do we can't. it. But, we can't you know, do it. we're back on the regular, ooh. Yeah. The regular schedule. Regular, regular schedule. Yeah. This is what? Seven? Yeah. Two more, guys, and then we're going to season two. <gasps> season two. Season two. Hold on. Did we decide that it would be nine episodes in the season? I don't know. I thought we were going to do like ten, maybe. So that's three episodes. Okay, that's three. My fault. Hey, math was my strong suit. You gonna get that party in? Mm-hmm. Without conditions, baby. Oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> no edit. <laughs> Uncut. No edit. Uncut version. Um I Christopher, no. I just wanna ride you. Please it's not ride, it's all rock. Night long. The language is not even correct. <sighs> it's rock. What are we talking about today? We are, uh, this episode is, this episode has my stomach in a knot. Yeah. A knot. The vulnerability here is. Going to be crazy. Insane. Yeah. Um, in honor of the last couple of days of Sexual Assault Awareness Month, we are going to be talking about my experience with sexual abuse and um, healing from that, experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Being in a relationship after having one during all the things. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why my stomach is in a knot. <laughs> but I'm excited to like share still. I'm not like mm-hmm. gun to my head being forced to talk about this. Pretzel stomach. I wanted to. Exactly. <laughs> Pretzel stomach. Pretzel stomach. I wonder like this different is like butterflies. Is it just not as high? I don't know. Like butterflies is like belly button. Mm-hmm. And not as like at the bottom of the ribcage. I don't know. Is that how it works? Mm-hmm. Okay. You asking the wrong mom person. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Where where do we start? Where do we start? <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna talk. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say what. <laughs> Um, okay, so I guess we should start with like 
where it all when it all began mm-hmm. you know um for context i won't be given like names dates things like that Mm-mm. um if people are like currently processing their own or like haven't processed yet this probably won't be triggering to you um we're not going to be going in depth in things warning 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 I actually saw this post that said that no one who is talking outwardly about things that triggered them is a trigger warning for you. And I was like, dang. Hmm, say that again. Like, say the, it again. Say it louder in the mic. No one who is talking about things that trigger them is a trigger warning for you. And that's that's mm. only because, right, like, that's it's on you to process your own trigger. Yeah. Not my fault that I've already processed mine. Yeah. Um, And that's not that anybody who's triggered by the episode and, like, leaves, but, like, you know. It was just that was just really cool to like hear and say, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Anyways, into the episode. So, I have experienced sexual abuse as a child and as an adult. Um, mm-hmm. a, adult was that? Was I do I count as an adult? I guess I do. I yeah. think I was uh nineteen, eighteen, nineteen, nineteen, mm, eighteen, eighteen, eighteen. I was eighteen. Um, so. I've experienced them both ways and Chris knows about both of them. Yeah. Um, and I actually remember when I finally told you about what happened when I, when, we, when I was in college mm-hmm. and, um, he was just like, who is it? Who, who is it? I still want that name. Who is it? <laughs> who is it? And I'm like, no, like, don't, don't worry about it. And we were so upset. Can I, can I say what we did? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, ma. Um, we took Chris's mom's plates from the kitchen and we went into like, I don't know, it's like back alley. The good ones that be in the cabinet. Yeah, not the good ones, not, not the, good want, ones. the good ones. Yeah. And I mean, she hasn't missed them. Like she hasn't brought up the fact that we like took some plates and it was, it was like maybe six or eight. It wasn't like a ton of them, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, black she folks probably, keep plates. Yeah. She probably thought like somebody took some plates home or something. Yeah. So um, when. Put some uh, aluminum foil. Ew. <laughs> so when um when chris found out like after he like got over his like why can't i know kind of thing i was like i'm not gonna tell you you know like um we went and we grabbed his mom's plates and we went into like this like alley or something like that and he was like let's just slam them on the on the ground and i was like what the hell there's no way like we're gonna do this there's no Mm-hmm. And then he went first and he was like, he like, he like did like, like a, a scream with it and like dropped the plate. And I was like, wow, that looks like, you know, and I don't know if I've talked about this before, but like we went to the rage room and like we were in there like smiling and laughing the entire time. Mm-hmm. So I think that was one time. That we were lucky like, psychotic. It, <laughs> no, it actually was. It wasn't fun though. It was. Yeah. You said it wasn't? It wasn't really Okay, fun. I was going to say, yeah, I it mean, wasn't. I mean, like, when, it, when we was hitting the bowls with the bat, it was pretty fun, but yeah, I'm, I'm not an angry person. Exactly. So, I'm always happy and shit, so yeah, I'll be like, eh. for sure. And then, when you was hitting the car, but a damn bat rattling up your hand and shit. Yeah, it was and, uncomfortable. Yeah, man, well, but, I mean, when I was batting goddamn bowls, that shit was pretty cool. I was, um... Babe Ruth and that motherfucking yeah. Jackie, Jackie, I lied, Jackie, Jackie Robinson. Robinson. Come on, you better find a black figure. Um, but that was like the one time I think that we like really had rage and like mm-hmm. we were like slamming these plates and like screaming and it was like a great release. And I think afterwards we just like sat in the car. Um, I don't know if you cried, but I definitely cried. I can't remember if I you did. did. Um, 
and we were just like we just like sat there in silence and it was probably like i don't know sometime after midnight when we went Mm -hmm. um and so i mean thank god like nobody was like who the hell is out there doing this like loud ass yelling slamming plates type of thing yeah um but like that was such a like i think a moment for me to like connect with you again because like i didn't know how to get it out of me other than like obviously talking about it but like in that moment that wasn't like an option for me yeah so um that was kind of like the experience and i think in terms of like how even like for me to progress and like being able to talk about it was more so about me just going to therapy Mm -hmm. um and i don't know i don't know like what in therapy like brought me to it and i went initially because i was like oh i know what got me into it what um italy all roads lead back to italy yep um so i won't say their name but one of the people who i was in italy with i know i mentioned three of them already before Mm -hmm. the podcast so you'll you can pick which one you want or none of them who knows um but we were in italy and we were talking about our experience um with uh childhood sexual abuse and i was like whoa like you too that's insane you know and like so i think for so long maybe so many of us too who are um survivors or victors of sexual assault we kind of feel like it's just us like mm-hmm. experiencing it experiencing it going through it we feel like isolated and alone we have to like bottle this thing down for so long um especially when your assailant is still in your life and like an active part of like you seeing them and like being around them in some capacity. Um, and so to, to see like someone else was like, Oh damn. I was like, Oh wow. Who knew, Mm -hmm. you know, like who would have thought. And so I think that summer when I came back, I ended up going to therapy. Um, and I like, every time I tell like a bit of my story, my therapist is always like, Oh my God. Like, what, what do you mean? And Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, you know, this is what happened. This is how long it happened, you know. Um, and I always tell my therapist who it is for context as well. Um, and it's so like, I think it, it was surreal initially when I said it, mm-hmm. because like that was like for my first time that summer of 2015, actually like saying it out loud, what yeah. had happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and like using every person who was like involved or like had known and didn't like protects me the way I wanted to be protected or like ask me for like the whole emotional space for me or like put it as like having their own story instead of it being mine. Mm-hmm. And my therapist was like, the first one that I had was like, damn, I wish I wasn't going on a fucking honeymoon for three weeks. And I was like, me too, because now I got to tell the story again. Right. Um, and I told the story again and we ended up not talking about it at all. So the story again and ended up forgetting who my brother was. And then I didn't tell the story again until after we got engaged. Mm-hmm. And um I don't know. I think with Kim it it was important like at that time because mm-hmm. I realized that like us getting engaged was also a shift in like where we were doing and like what we were doing in our relationship as well. Yeah. Um and then I think after a year of like processing through how I felt, I realized that there was an effect on our sex life as well. Mhm. Um, and then in realizing that I had to figure out like, was I like, what, what is sex like? Mm-hmm. And I, for context here, Chris and I lost our virginity to each other. 
pretty much. So, um, you know, we didn't really know what sex, what we were, what we were doing. We kind of just like had porn really to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've obviously kind of like figured out our own flow, um, which is why we're pregnant. Um, you know, as we've kind of gone through the years together, but I think there were like some things that you would say that I don't know if you remember like me telling you like don't use certain words or like you know um sometimes when you would touch me I would like my body would kind of like give like a little shake yeah. um and things like that and so I realized like that wasn't normal or like okay and I mm-hmm. had to like process it and so last year yeah we were in festival mm-hmm. yeah last year hold on last year we were in festival I was talking to one of my friends um you mean stop oh i was talking to one of my friends and um i think that we had talked about like feeling sexy and like certain words that like i was like oh no that doesn't describe me that's not you know and i was like i told kim i was like maybe i should see a sex therapist um and so i went to go see a sex therapist and we did um emdr which is like sitting with like a blindfold on and hearing this ticking sound. And she like walked me through like an incident that was like the most harmful or like where I feel like I began like flinching or a situation where like, um, I felt like I was unsafe or like I wanted more. Like I was like, I should have stepped for myself in this moment, but I didn't. Yeah. Um, and that was really, I think important and like powerful in essence to like, feel like I had reclaimed a bit of, my story because i feel like so many people know it but no one ever comes to me mm-hmm. to like say anything you yeah. know or like even be like like and i mean don't it, it's not good to be like hey i heard about your assault you know what i'm saying but like everyone knows my story but no one will let me tell it yeah you know mm-hmm. and so it feels it's like it's a weird thing there to be like going through therapy and being like oh like i have some of my power back because like I processed it and not like held on to it anymore. Yeah. And I could obviously feel like the physical release from it, but like it feels very different now than it did to carry it, you know, when I was in high school or as a teenager or whatever, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, uh, no, yeah, <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, yeah, like going through that, that time with you was very heavy. Um, I don't know. I don't really know how to explain it, but yeah, it was very heavy, very tough. And on top of what I was already going through, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's kind of hard um, watching you, watching someone you love go through that, you know what I'm saying? And having to take a back seat on a lot of that stuff, you know what I'm saying? Because couldn't react about it, couldn't do, couldn't really do anything about it out of respect of people around you know what i'm saying because that's the last thing i want to do is disrespect someone you know what i'm saying so yeah it's just man this is a lot man um especially staying up at night making sure that you're okay you know what i'm saying and yeah knowing that we both gotta go to school in the morning yeah 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 i don't know i don't know when i told you about the sexual abuse, but I know for sure that like I had told Chris that I was cutting and yeah. I don't know if I gave you context as to why or like immediately when. I think it was all that, w- that one night where I told you everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, and I remember, I remember your response being like, everybody's response was always like, I'm so sorry. Like that sucks. You know? And I, something about mm. Chris's response where he was like, how can I like relate without like relating, you know? Mm. And, um, I won't say your response because it was, it was great. Yeah. But I know that it was like talking about something else that happened. Mm. Um, and so I won't say it, but like, it was, it was basically just like something very like comforting. And I was like, wow, like no one else has ever said this before, mm. you know? Um, and it wasn't like it again, it wasn't an apology. It wasn't like, I'm so sorry. How can I, how can I help you from afar? Yeah. It, it wasn't like the one we found out in college where it was like immediate anger either. Oh yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, they were, they were gonna die, bro. I'm glad yeah. you tell me. Um, it wasn't anger. It was um, you know, it was like, how can I support you? You know. Yeah. And I didn't know. I don't think that Chris told me about what he was actually going through until probably like a year or two later. Mm-hmm. Probably two because I was out of high school then. Yeah, because I didn't. My thought process was why add on to what was already going on? You know what I'm saying? Because you got to process that and also process what I'm going through. Yeah. And that wasn't going to work out. Yeah. Because your mind was always racing, always somewhere else in those moments. So, I mean, I mean, comfort, comforting you in those nights would take hours. Yeah it will even lead into the morning you know what i'm saying yeah so there were definitely some rough nights yeah. i'm like tearing up thinking about them yeah like some nights i'll i'll legit have to drive to norfolk knowing i have to wait work at 8 a.m the next day or yeah. 7 a.m the next day and i have to drive down there at like 10 o'clock at night and then try to leave at like four in the morning you yeah know what i'm saying so yeah yeah thank you for being there oh no problem i'll do it again <laughs> i was stressing you out <laughs> not stress i'll do it again yeah i appreciate that but i think that like it definitely affected our relationship even before like we realized how much better we could be processing it yeah and, and to this day like i ask chris all the time like when you go to therapy please like process how you felt when you were like watching me process because like i think that's an important part too for you you know because that's a lot to have to deal with to know that like your partner's been through something that you would never want them to go through. Yeah. And you were there supporting the entire time. Like, I feel like even though you don't, I feel like you don't think so, but I feel like there's also like a emotional mental toll that it took on you. Just like having to be the main support person for so long. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And so I want you to go, I'm going to say it again on the podcast. Those out there. Say that, say that thing. <laughs> go to therapy and talk about it. Mm. I'll tell your therapist. Okay. Hey. Thank you. Um, so I think that's, that's definitely like an, the effect that it had on our relationship. Um, and I think that I, again, I, I was kind of like living in autopilot for a while yeah. with it because like, I think having, having to have my assailant still be a part of my life, um, kind of caused me to be in autopilot already. Mm-hmm. But then the assault had ended but they were still in my life. And so I was also still an autopilot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like there was never a time, like even when you knew it was wrong, it was like, well, it's not happening anymore. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember like, I think now I realized like being in survival mode the entire time, like why I was constantly like making sure I was doing something else. Why My mind was preoccupied with like cheering or coaching or 
fucking singing, yeah. <laughs> you know, like anything to get me out of like it, it, what I thought felt good yeah, was like the, the only goal that I had, yeah, you know? Um, and so that was like the, the goal. And I think in college, because I was already like, I don't want to be at ODU, mm-hmm. but I'm here. Um, and then I met these people who were like, Jessica, get your shit together. Mm-hmm. You're not alone, but like, you can't be sitting over there in misery your whole life. Yeah. And I was like, that's a thing. Who would have known, you mm-hmm. know? And then figuring out, I think, uh, I mean, again, all roads end up leading to me being here, yeah. healing, figuring this shit out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really grateful for the people who have like came in, I guess. Yeah. And like, said like you should do better or like any revelation that i've had along the way because the universe put it in front of me yeah um and most of all obviously you because i don't know how i would have gotten through without it (laughs) truly i didn't do nothing man i keep trying that's what you keep saying i keep trying to tell you i didn't do nothing all i did was you did love and support you that was all i needed push you somebody who had never felt it before that was all i needed that's true that's true literally so i'm grateful yeah for sure. yeah so i think the the question that I've been asked before is like, do you want to get justice? Actually, my, my therapist that I was telling about at ODU, mm-hmm. um, the first thing that she said when I told her, she said, the statute of limitations doesn't run out in Virginia. And I said, okay, mm-hmm. the fuck are you telling me for? Right. You know, at the time I didn't, I mean, at the time I processed like what she was trying to say, but I think I was more upset that she, her first assumption was like, well, go, you know, take them to jail. And it was just like, that's interesting, you know? And I, it's, it's hard for me to have that mindset. And I understand that, like, you know, people who abuse people sexually can be habitual. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if I'm there yet at the point where I'm like, you know, take them to jail, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I don't get me wrong. I do believe that people should also be under the jail, but I feel like because there are so many like ties and connection to one specific person, mm-hmm. um, it makes it hard for me to have that mindset first. Yeah. And I know that obviously as, as a, as a victor or survivor, I should be thinking about myself first, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but it makes it difficult when there are so many connections and branches to this one person, mm-hmm. um, especially when people around you again, know, and there's no one else who's like, Fuck them. Mm-hmm. Let's go get some justice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it's very tough. Um, and I think I'm still like battling with the ideology of what it looks like. What does justice feel like for me? What what would feel good in that circumstance? Mm-hmm. Um, because something about like just person doesn't feel like it's enough. You know? Yeah. Um. So that's kind of where I, st- I wanted to mention that because I know a lot of people associate like assault with sexual assault specifically with jail and like getting justice and things like that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's not a case anymore for people who will believe me. I think people more of if people will believe me, I think people do believe me. Um, not that I need that validation anymore, but I think for me, I have to figure out what, actually feels good and what feels reasonable um in terms of all the things you know no i mean it's it's so it's definitely i feel like it's so complex 
you know yeah and I'm, i mean i'm sure this is everybody else or some people's stories too are like very similar and complex and there are ties and things like that but i it feels like you know there's so much more history involved than just that those years you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. so um it was so much like i mean at one point you couldn't even go to sleep with doors open like closet and door open oh yeah yeah, you know yeah. What I'm like like little stuff yeah. like that couldn't do at all yeah this is crazy man yeah i forgot i forgot about that i actually forget i forgot about that because then mm. you adapted it and yep. <laughs> ain't no more locked doors <laughs> every door yeah. closed um and Chris, was so, when we first moved in together, you were so bad at making sure the doors were closed all the way. I wake, I wake up in the night and right. we'd have like a panic attack. And I'd be like, please close the doors. Every door. Um, and then he finally got there and I was like, I think we could sleep with the door, you know, kind of cracked tonight. And he was like, nah. absolutely not. No, close the door. And I was like, <laughs> okay, well then, okay. Um, so now we all the doors are closed in the house. <laughs> yeah. When we go to yeah. sleep. All the doors. All the yeah, doors when we're when we're awake though, every door is open. There's has yeah, no yeah, bounds yeah. when it comes to rooms. Whatever, dude. Whatever, dude. Yeah. So I think life for me definitely continued um, post assault, assaults. But I also think that like mm-hmm. it continued with a better quality yeah. post like processing assaults. You know. Um, yeah. And I think that now more direct ways are like, I feel like we have better sex um, because I don't have to like in the back of my head. I'm not thinking about like certain words or looking for certain like cues or like being uncomfortable, you know. Um, and just to be clear, I've always had space to vocalize if I was comfortable or not when Chris and I were intimate. Um, yeah. But I think sometimes in my head, I would be like, you know, like there's this one thing that like, I hope he doesn't say, Yeah. you know, or like, you know, this one feeling that I'm not comfortable with, you know? And like, I would have to, there was a lot of like, and there's still a lot of communication, but there was like a lot of like, you know, please don't do this, like shy away from doing this thing. And that now we don't have. Um, and I think, okay. Um, so let me get my brain straight. Um, I think too, I'm more connected to my own body. Um, my therapist now, um, Deidre, um, is amazing. And (laughs) I was telling her how before I got, before we got pregnant, like, I feel like I'm just like, I was, I was working on like my sensuality, like feeling my body and like being present in my body and like. When I would, um, when I was in the shower, I would like watch myself, you know, um, because I don't, I don't masturbate. So I'm trying to figure out ways to connect myself. And like, I, I want to masturbate, I think, you know, cause it feels like people are supposed to do it or like, you know, it's a way to connect to yourself and things like that. Um, and so I'm trying to work my way up to getting there. Um, but that's something that'll come maybe potentially mm-hmm. in due time. Um, but I was, I was trying to like start in smaller ways. It didn't feel so big to me. Um, and so I was starting by like 
massaging myself in the shower or like I made a body butter a couple months ago when I like watch myself putting it on my entire body and like I have this like very long like body care routine of me just like touching myself and like making sure I'm breathing and things like that um and so I've been focusing on my sensuality a lot recently and it's been helpful for me to like see myself um just really just to see myself really (laughs) you know like to see me for me to look at my body for what it is and be like damn like and you still look good you know or even to to be like dang like you know i found i found a mole the first day that you know i did this and so deidre actually had me write a letter to my body just something to say like wow you know you've carried me through so many things you know from birth control to now being pregnant you know handling my thoughts to trying to figure out how we can maneuver um, just like through life, you know, getting your helping me with calming you down from being in fight or fight mode um, and like figuring out how to relax to like letting me watch you guide me into sleep every night. You know, like the body does so much for you. And the letter was beautiful and deep and romantic and intimate. Um, And it was to myself and I cried like a little baby rightfully so because my body's done so much for me um and i feel like i never took a second to just like appreciate it and how much it like holds as held Mm -hmm. let's go any bad eating habits good eating habits that's not a real thing bad eating habits but any habits that i had before any things on my gi track you know whether i'm constipated or not headaches you know where i got a cramp in my neck from sleeping around i'm rambling but like Mm -hmm. you know you know, my body has been the vessel that carries me the most through all the things. Yeah. Um, and so that's been really nice to be able to connect with it. And, and even while being pregnant, I think I've been more connected to my body. I wrote a letter to myself, not a letter, I, a journal entry the other day about like good habits and my body and how I'm being present in it and how like I'm not allowing myself to get upset when I miss a day to moisturize or if I don't drink enough water or you know, if I don't know, I, I miss one of my prenatal regimen routines, you know, like I'm not upset at myself for doing that. I'm allowing myself to flow into the things and not expect so much of myself. Yeah. Um, and I think that's come from my appreciation and practice of sensuality in my body. And that's I think that's been most helpful, really, yeah. um, is how it's continued on. And that's I mean, I'm still pretty early in the journey. Um, but if you're interested in like sensuality things. Um, there's a sex doula on Instagram. Their name is um, Evian Whitley. Oh, I should have known this already because I knew I was going to say yep. it. Um, give me one second. Evian Whitney. Sorry. E-V-Y-A-N period W-H-I-T-N-E-Y. Um, they use they them pronouns. Um, sorry. They use they she pronouns, but they are non-binary. Um, and their sexuality, a sex and sexuality doula. Um, and they're amazing and black and talk all about senses. And they have a great book called The Sensual Self and an amazing podcast, podcast also called The Sensual Self, that I began listening to last year, actually, in not, uh, August. Um, so it's been, it's been really great. Um, I think being on like my, in myself journey um and being pregnant has been really cool too i think because i have every i feel every change in my body yeah. you know like um 
um i feel every change in my body mm-hmm. being pregnant you know like um i don't feel the baby yet yeah <laughs> but bo- like that, that that boy now not that boy yeah oh yeah i think it's a boy guys it's definitely 100% <laughs> a thousand percent a boy yeah um <sighs> we don't know just to be clear yeah but um i think you know the body my, my bodily changes that you know, whether I'm hungry more or tired more or like I can identify exactly what a headache is for. Um, I don't know. It feels it feels good to know, like your body and your body movements and how your body like identifies and tells you things. Yeah. For sure. How you feel now? What do you mean? Like in this mm-hmm. moment? I feel good. I, I thought I was going to feel like heavy, mm-hmm. but I actually feel kind of loose. Because you're healed. I'm, I'm not going to say, <laughs> you know, healing is a continuous journey. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I think that's, that's been really cool Um, to have that practice. But what can you say to someone who's listening that's going through it now? What, what could their first step be to them healing and something like that? Yeah, I think your experience while it may be like normal, it's not okay. And there's someone out there who will make you feel safe and seen, whether that's a medical professional or mental health professional, rather, or that's a friend or that's yourself. Um, take a moment and just be with yourself. Yeah. Be with your body. See like, you know what it is. Notice your own habits that you have that you're like, maybe this could stem from, um, you know, the assault or the abuse or, you know, anything um, is what I recommend. I think that's a pretty good place to start. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. And then after that, we can all understand sexual liberation because that's what we're working on next. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I don't think I have anything else to say. I feel like I've I've talked you guys ears off. <laughs> you talk my ears off every day. I'm stop. That's a fact. As I should. <laughs> oh man, that was good. Thank you. Do you have anything else you would like to add? Mm-mm. Nope. Or say, am I missing well, I'm, anything? I'm just add this again. I didn't. I didn't do anything. But why are you lying to yourself? You literally just you. mentioned. Okay, he says that as he literally just mentioned. The fact that he was up all night, damn near missing work to take care of me to make sure I won't about to be off this earth. Which is what, guys? Love and support. I don't know. That's that's emotional damage. <laughs> <laughs> Love and happiness. <laughs> that's emotional mm, damage. Mm, mm, mm. Love and happiness. But yeah guys that's that's the episode that's what i wanted to say i've been wanting to record this episode since we started the podcast so thank you guys for holding space listening to me um letting me talk about this it's been on my it's been on my my heart my chesticles for a very long time for sure yeah but all right guys you know the dealio like uh follow share 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 let let the hood know. Yeah. That who you listening to, man. Per. Um, don't forget to follow our socials, um, uh, without conditions pod on Instagram. 
That's all you're getting out of me. Um, and for me, <laughs> come on, new Instagram name. The Jess G. Bright. Okay. What? Oh, what, oh, what? Lit. Yeah, on Instagram and on TikTok and on Twitter. Twitter. That now is owned by Elon Musk. But anyways, yes, holler at us on there. We will definitely be seeing you all next week. We will not be leaving y'all hanging. Sure. And um, yeah, we'll talk to you then. Don't forget to rate the podcast. Yep, rate it, comment, share. Sure. That's it, guys. Y'all have a great weekend, man. Yeah. Always, always, always perfect your craft. All right, people. Have a great weekend. Peace.